College Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rothstein. Please report <laughs> to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast. Later in this show, we will be joined by UCLA head coach Mick Cronin. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also send me your questions on Twitter. I'll get to them later in this podcast. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John J-O-N. And a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show. And please feel free to leave us comments. And also check out collegehoopstoday.com for breaking news, podcast archives, stories, and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe. And as we dissect, digest, and offer some perspective on what happened in college basketball over the weekend, now just 20 days away from Selection Sunday, the results change. The theme does not. Alabama last week, number one in the country, loses at Tennessee. Purdue, a burgeoning team all season long. Last Monday when we taped this podcast, we talked about the Boilers losing at Northwestern eight days ago. Then against Maryland last Thursday, Purdue also lost on the road before getting right against Ohio State. Houston was a bit of a mystery team after going about two months without playing a team that was forecasted for the NCAA tournament. Houston played Memphis on Sunday, but Memphis did not have Kendrick Davis, its All-American guard, who was out with an ankle injury, and the Tigers still took Houston to the brink at the Fertitta Center. And I have said it before, and I'll say it again. This college basketball season reminds me of the 10-11 season when a three-seed who was 9-9 in the Big East, UConn, won the national championship. In the Final Four, UConn played a four-seed, Kentucky. On the other side, we had Butler, an eight-seed, and VCU, an 11-seed. As soon as you find out the answers in college basketball, somebody else is changing the questions, and you better get ready for the ride of a lifetime over the next six weeks because this isn't changing. Crazy results, unexpected heroes, all of it is coming every single day. But I will say this. One thing I learned over the weekend is that TCU at full strength in peak form is a Final Four caliber team. And I went over the numbers with Mike Miles in the lineup. And Mike Miles came back in Saturday's 25-point win against Oklahoma State and scored 15 points. With Mike Miles in the lineup, TCU's 15-3. and and a 3-6 and six when he's not in the lineup. That, to me, is a team that can get to Houston. That, to me, is a team that, when all hands are on deck, is the best team in the Big 12. Now, TCU, in about six hours, is going to host Kansas in Fort Worth, and the Jayhawks are playing exquisite basketball, an incredible comeback on Saturday in the second half against Baylor at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And now I think you have to start having the discussion of Bill Self as a National Coach of the Year candidate. Now, why do I say that? Kansas lost two of the top 21 picks in last year's NBA draft. Christian Brown and Ochai Agbaji 
And it also lost David McCormick at center and Remy Martin, who was so special in the NCAA tournament for the Jayhawks. And Kansas is still in position to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Now, another guy who is creeping into the National Coach of the Year discussion is Chris Collins. We talked about him last week after the win over Purdue, and all Northwestern did after that dramatic victory was beat Indiana at home and beat Iowa at home. Northwestern is going to go to the NCAA tournament for the second time in program history. But the amazing thing to me is this. Northwestern, after losing Pete Nance to North Carolina, after losing Ryan Young to Duke, is in position now to have a better seed in the NCAA tournament than it did six years ago in 2017. Another guy who's National Coach of the Year candidate? Mick Cronin. And the head coach of UCLA is next, right here on the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. And before we chat with UCLA's Mick Cronin, I want to tell you about Factor. The new year is well underway. If you resolve to eat right and live healthy, I have a team that can help. Factor Meals. Head to factormeals.com hoops 50 for ready-to-eat meals delivered to your door. No more store checkouts, long lines, and hasty decisions. Factor Meals are fresh, never frozen, and ready to enjoy in minutes. Vegan, veggie, keto, calorie smart, and protein plus are on the weekly menu. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has the meals. Choose from a 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved full meals or an assortment of 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and other add ons. Cut back on takeout and stay on a healthy track with America's best ready to eat meal kit, Factor Meals. Helping you live your best year ever. Cut back on takeout and eat right. Factor is cheaper than takeout, and most are meals ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash hoops50 and use code hoops50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code hoops50 at factormeals.com slash hoops50 to get 50% off your first box. UCLA is 23-4 and after 27 games. The Bruins will next play Thursday night at Utah. And the head coach of UCLA is Mick Cronin. He now joins the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. And Mick, what is the feeling like this time of year when you're 23-4? and uh, You know what? I'm glad you said that because you just reminded me I need to be happier. Although you know I love it here at UCLA. I need to be smiling more uh, and, and uh, maybe go down. You know, we practice early. Maybe go see the ocean. It's like 75 today. Because a lot of people aren't 23 and 4. So, but you know me. I'm worried about this week. We got two road games this week. So, you got to stay focused. But uh, I'm a little nostalgic right now because I'm starting to realize that some of my seniors who have helped me build this program have just been so enjoyable to coach. Uh, We're getting down the stretch here with them. So I need to try to make sure I enjoy every minute I can with these guys because they've been awesome. Well, they've been a big part of, obviously, this run at UCLA, and the guys you're referencing are Tiger Campbell and Jaime Jaquez, and they've been with you through the great times and also Dave the time. Dave Singleton as well. Dave yeah. Singleton as well, yeah, who was obviously all were part of the Final Four team a couple of years ago, and they've been a part of some great times. And also some times where you guys have had adversity, and that happened early in the season. You guys lost a couple of games in Las Vegas, but I'm curious, would you be the team you are today and be 23-4 and four if you didn't lose those two games that weekend in Vegas? No, we'd be 25-2. and two. We'd be different. <laughs> no, <laughs> You know, uh, 
I, I know where you're going with that. We just the truth of it is at that point in the year, uh, we weren't we weren't ready to win those games. I mean, we 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 weren't a good enough defensive team. And you can't you, you can't go give up seventy nine and eighty to Baylor and Illinois and expect to beat them. Um, so we just we, we we have some freshmen, as you know, a lot of freshmen that come you know that that, that contribute on this team and. Uh, Jalen Clark had never, you know, been a counted on starter. Uh, Tiger had always played with Jules and Johnny and Chris Smith and other guys that scored. He's in a new role, expected to be a double figure guy every game. And uh, Jaime had always been good for us and great for us, but uh, he's always on a team with, you know, with guys that could score. And and being the main man was new to him. So uh, we just weren't ready to win those games yet. And, uh, you know, we're, it was going to take us some time to evolve into who we are. And, uh, you know, I think that that's the beauty of college basketball, John, is, you know, uh, unlike football, the uh, you don't have to go undefeated to make the playoff and all that type of stuff. So, you, you, and, and you got to play some good teams early. So it probably did help us in that we, we realized we, we just weren't there yet. Coaching staff had to make some changes and adjustments and do a better job. Players had to get comfortable in their role and start to realize as a group what we needed to do. So uh, I think it, it, it's healthy to find out the truth about who you are early a, as a team so you can get better. And I think it, it definitely helped us. Well, and it was tangible, obviously, the growth that you've made on the defensive side of the ball. And going over some numbers here before this chat, last year as a team, UCLA allowed 64.9 points per game. This year you're giving up about five points per game less than that, but about seven points per game less than that since you got back from Las Vegas. Is this the first time since you've been the head coach at UCLA that your defense has reminded you of the teams you had at Cincinnati? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and, and that's because a couple, couple reasons. You, you have the veteran guys we discussed. But Jalen Clark, obviously, is an elite defender. Amari Bailey and Adem Bona, although and Dylan Andrews, although they are freshmen, super tough and athletic kids that can make plays. They can guard the ball. Amari can block shots for a guard. Obviously, Jalen Clark, elite defender, can do everything. And Adem Bona can erase mistakes at the rim and, and block shots and change shots. So uh, I, I knew that we had a chance to be a great defensive team this year, no doubt about it. Uh, obviously, we don't have as much shooting with Jules and Johnny Bernard and, and Juzang gone, um, but but we are definitely built more to be a great defensive team. And like we talked about, we needed to realize that like that's that was going to have to be our ticket. Uh, you know, sure, sure. Look, we got talent. Amari and the Demnum guys. Obviously, Jaime's can, can get thirty on you, but elite defensive team is is probably how we're going to have to be a great team. And I think the guys have figured that out. Our, you know, and our turnover margin is something we take a lot of pride in. Our deflections, knowing that we can get out on the break and score more in transition than we have in the last three years because of our defense. That's been a huge key for us. UCLA head coach Mick Cronin joined the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein Bruins 23-4 and going into Thursday's game against Utah. Well, you've referenced Tommy Hawkins a couple of times, and over the last two and a half weeks, he has taken his game to another level. He's playing like a first-team All-American. Where does Jaime Hawkins rank 
or where does he stack up against the best players that you've ever coached considering what he's starting to do on a regular basis? Well, as a head coach, um, you know, Sean Kilpatrick, I had obviously scored over 2,000 points at Cincinnati. Um, you know, I, and I had some you – know, Justin Jackson was a great four-year player. I mean, obviously there I had a lot of high-quality four-year guys. Um, Jaron Cumberland would have been, but I left, uh, you know, in, in that group of, of guys. And, and so, uh, you know, Jaime's right at the top with Sean Kilpatrick. He, obviously, he and Tiger, their competitive spirit as freshmen, I knew we had a chance to build this program with these guys because of their competitiveness. And they were only going to get better offensively as time went on. But they're just – they're winners, and they're willing to compete. They're willing to let me hold – they're willing to let me hold them to a standard of excellence and uh, help bring their teammates to that standard. And they're tough enough to be those kind of people. Um so, but yeah, Jaime, talent-wise, uh, you know, I don't know how many points he scored. To be honest with you, I'm bad with that type of stuff at UCLA. But uh, you know, he's 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 been awesome here, and uh, he it's not over for him. Uh, but I'll be I'll be shocked if somebody's not smart enough to uh, to take take him in the first round of the NBA draft. I, I'd be really shocked, and I, I know it's ridiculous and. You and I both have talked about it, John. <clears throat> People draft everybody on potential, but that's how you make mistakes. And you, Nick Van Exel goes in the second round. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic goes in the second round, and, and uh, you know, got m- multiple seniors that have become great NBA players drop in the draft. Don't go as high as they should, but hopefully we'll we'll get on a run in March and it'll showcase high man help his future. But I'm not looking forward to senior day because it's going to be a tough one this year. Yeah, no question. And Tiger Campbell's another senior as well who's had a big hand in this complete, you know, program build. His ball security never seems to fail. He's got 16 assists and three turnovers in his last four games. But, you know, offensively, he's still not, you know, playing and shooting the basketball as well as he did a year ago. How important is it for him to regain that form for you guys to ultimately get where you want to go here over the next six weeks? Oh, yeah. And and it doesn't have to be – I think it's important to – give you the quick answer very important but it doesn't have to be every game you know i, I think that it what it can't do is ne- it, it, but it's got to be some games mm-hmm. because it's got to be a game where jaime struggles or amari struggles or jalen clark struggles so you know tiger's got to be able to give us some there's gonna be some games where he takes care of the ball gives us great leadership but there's gonna have to be a game or two in March, where he he you know he gets hot from the three point line and he you know he gets fifteen or he gets twenty in a game, um, because it's it, look look to to be the best team and and to get towards the end and to be standing you know in in April uh, you got to you got to get contributions uh, you know playing hard in defense only going to take you so far and he's capable so we just got to keep his confidence up keep working. Uh, and keep working with him on his shooting and keep working with him on his pull-ups and keep his confidence going and uh, keep his mind on just doing the right things and not putting pressure on himself, which uh, I think is a big part of it with a lot of seniors at this time of year. Well, and you, know, you would reference to you know Jalen Clark's defense and his intangibles and that stuff that is never going to go away. But Mick, it seems like when he becomes a third threat along with Campbell and Hawkes to be a 12 to 16 point per game guy, 
the ceiling changes for your team. How important is it for Jalen Clark to be an all-Pac-12 caliber player and a consistent threat? Oh, it's huge. Well, again, we're talking about trying to, you know, be one of the last teams standing uh, or with a chance at the end. So to do that, you're going to have to have a lot of contributions. And, and uh, you know, the thing for us, I said after we played Oregon State, he and Amari, I think he had 16, Amari had 24. It was a huge win for us because we got up 25 in that game and you know, Tiger had three and Jaime had seven. Um, so it was it was a lot. It showed a lot of growth on our part uh, that we it, that Jalen Clark and Amari Bailey are two leading scorers and we were able to dominate a game in our conference. Because as you say, you know, it raises your ceiling. You know, you got multiple guys that can put the ball in the basket and step up and get get the job done. In that case, in a road game. Uh, it definitely raises your ceiling. Um, and, and that's why I thought this team would have to get better as the year goes on because Jalen Clark had never started all year for Mari Bailey wasn't going to turn 19 until a couple days ago. And it was going to take us some time to get those guys reps and experience and confidence and uh, game experience is important. So the, uh, I think I still think you could, we, you know, guys like our bench, John, Dylan Andrews and Will McClendon. I'm probably taking your next questions. I mean, we're going to have to uh, continue to develop those guys because it could only be two big shots, but it could be two big shots like Dylan Andrews hit at Arizona State that help you yeah. win a road game or help you win a tournament game. Well, no, you did definitely take my next question, but I'm going to transition here. You know, we talk about Dylan Andrews. He's a freshman. You talk about Amari Bailey and Adem Bona. They're freshmen. But this, because of the pandemic, is probably the most experienced year that we've ever seen in college basketball. And you've got guys that are coming in as true freshmen who are trying to have major impacts on a team that's ranked in the top five. How important is it for all those guys who, again, have dreams and aspirations beyond UCLA to understand that being good is not the enemy of being outstanding? Hey, that's you got to walk before you can run, man. And it's, you know, that's a whole nother podcast topic for discussion of, you know, people think it's how it's think college basketball is easy. And, you know, the problem is the, and during AAU season, high school season, people talk about who's a pro and, you know, that that's, which is comical. You need to be talking about, uh, you know, you better be talking about LeBron James or Kobe Bryant. You know, you start talking about that stuff. You, you know, ninety nine percent of these guys we're talking about. You know, who's got a chance to be a really good college player? Then figure out who can play at the professional level. So, you got to walk first, um, and it's tough. So, and it's the, like you. I agree with you, John. We've had this conversation. You're in the super senior era, and the transfer portal era. So, it's not just the super senior era that you're playing against guys playing their fifth year. Uh, everybody's got a guy in their fifth year setting the breaking the record for games played at their school. Dave Singleton's done it here. Guys are doing it all over the country. Um, but then you try to throw in where there's teams, and I don't, you know, and I'm again, I'm not going Coach Bayheim on anybody. <laughs> the, uh, you know, there's teams that they're able to get in the portal, and instead of rebuilding and with and with freshmen. They're playing juniors and seniors because they were able to get in the transfer portal, and and you can't. I'm not blaming anybody. I mean, guys are doing what they got to do to build their team and win. So you don't have somebody playing. Uh, you have very few people playing freshmen. I mean, I don't have the numbers, but I mean, you just turn on the TV and it's just you know, so many 
teams had guys graduate and their young guys aren't playing because they went to the portal. Right. And they don't even have young guys maybe to play. So definitely harder on today. This is the toughest year in the history of college basketball to compete as a freshman because you're playing against super senior guys and you're not playing against other freshmen because people plugged them with a transfer portal guy. So instead of a, you know, a Dylan Andrews, you're playing against a transfer from a big West team that went, you know, that, that transferred up. Uh, in, in the old days you had, yeah, you had to either go Juco if you wanted an older guy, that was the only way to do it, John, or you're playing against freshmen, but not very few were playing. We were, we're probably playing more freshman minutes than most, or I'm sure we're in the top 10 in freshman minutes. UCLA head coach Mick Cronin joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Bruins 23-4 and four entering Thursday's game at Utah. Mick, you know, we are now 20 days away from Selection Sunday. Not that anybody's counting. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember you when you were first starting at Cincinnati trying to build the program in the greatest conference that was ever assembled, the old Big East. But I'm curious, as you get ready for a stretch run and the best time of the year in college basketball – after you've already made a Final Four, does the feeling entering the tournament as a coach change because you already have that type of a run on your resume? Yeah, you know me, John. I don't really care about my resume. Um, I, you know, uh, it's hard for me to believe I'm it, it had the career I've had. I feel fortunate. Um, I'm a humble guy. I don't think you know. I, I'm, I'm well aware I haven't cured any cancer. Uh, so. Uh, I don't even look at it that way. I, I just I'm thankful to be coaching this year, and I'm going to try to try to prepare my team. Now, here's the difference. Right now, are you on the bubble? Are you fighting for your life? Are you at a mid-major uh, like a great young coach Pat Kelsey? And you're are you sitting there saying, "Do I got to win my conference tournament to get in?" Even though I've won 28 games or whatever they've won at, at the College of Charleston. Um, you know, that was my life at Murray State. You know, no matter how well your season you had, uh, you're Rick Pitino at Iona and you're in first place. You're not going to dancing unless you win that conference tournament. So the bubble guys and the mid-major guys and one big league guys, you know, the stress is coming. For us, uh, you know, our guys want to win the Pac-12. And for me, I'm trying to – how do, what do we need to practice – and how fresh do we need to stay to become a better team? Uh, because we know March is coming for us. We know our name's getting called. So, uh, you know, your, your eyes are down the road. Uh, you're keeping your team focused on today. But when you practice, there are more late-game situations, making sure. Because now one game, you know, you're getting ready for a one-and-out dance, John. So right. late-game situations, um, freshening legs as much as you can. Um, get preparing for March where you're not fighting to get your name called. It's a definitely a different feeling. Definitely. And I, you know, I haven't won a title. So, um, you know, being it's nice, we made a final four, but uh, I'd like to try to try to win the title. And that was a big part of me coming to UCLA. Now, you know, coaches always remember losses more than wins. It's just, you know, part of obviously your profession. How often does Mick Cronin think about that Gonzaga game? Anytime somebody brings it up, you know, but, and what I share with you, buddy, it, it, it's funny. People say, ah, you know, it was a great, great run. And, you know, uh, you weren't going to beat Baylor. So, you know, it was probably, it was good that it ended that way. You, you know, you guys played unbelievable. 
you know, you were the darlings and this. I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm polite and I smile and okay, but you 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 know me. I'm telling the truth. Like, well, I, I, we didn't have to beat Baylor in a seven game series. No <laughs> you know, it's it's the tournament. So, and, and I'm also humble enough, John. Though you, you may never get back. No doubt. Like people. You know, people at UCLA are a little spoiled. They've been to so many Final Fours, they, we don't even hang banners here. You know, it's like, ah, we'll be back, we'll win it. This was a, this was a good, you know, a good time. But, um, you know, they're assuming you're going to be back because they've been so many times. I'm looking at them like, well, how do you know we're going to get back? <laughs> you know, I want to try to win it while we were here. You know, it would have been nice, it'd have been nice to, uh, to have a shot at Baylor in that game. Well aware of how great they were, but um, – you know, so yeah, I look at, at that point. I'm just thankful we made the run. Uh, it wasn't in the cards, and uh, you try to move on and get ready for the next one. Uh, that's all you can do. But I'm, trust me, I'm well aware uh, how hard it is just to get to that point. A lot of great coaches never been to a Final Four. A lot of them. Well, and that's interesting because you mentioned, you know, the way the run came together as an 11 seed out of the first four. There's so much talk, and you've obviously already opined on this in the last couple of days about, you know, where you're going to play, what you're going to be seeded. Your run a couple of years ago kind of showed that, you know, the matchup doesn't matter and the seed doesn't matter as much as how you're playing matters. With that said, because this is going to be such a talking point for three weeks, how much is simply just staying present? a key to making sure you're going to be playing your best when that tournament starts on that Thursday or Friday. Yeah, that's what we worry about here. You know, uh, we worry about what do we got to do to get become a better team? Um, because you can be the number one overall seed and it can still be tough. Uh, you, you know, you catch a team playing hot like Carolina did to Baylor last year at the right time. You, you know, I mean, there's just so no rhyme or reason you know, to, to who you're going to play. And you got to be ready for it, man. I mean, Akron played so well against us. John Gross had such a team. He had those guys on a run last year, and we were able to weather that storm and get out of the first round. Uh, it was a great example. And we, you know, so just got to stay – you, you got you to worry about things that matter. Um, you know, so we can control trying to get better every day, you know, and, and all the things that we meet as a staff, you know, what – what do we need to get better at before we get to March uh, and should keep trying to improve? And look right now uh, we're this week, we're, we're headed to the mountain trip. Uh, you know, it's never easy to go play those games uh, up in Salt Lake and, 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 you know, mile high in Boulder. So uh, it's all, it, it get two really good coaches and two teams that play hard. That's all we, you know, that's all I try to keep my guys enjoying every minute because it's great seniors. I mean, they need to be joining every minute. Let me worry about what we need to do to get where we need to get to and be ready for March. I, you know, I want these guys to enjoy every minute they're, they're with each other. Mick, you've highlighted how, you know, solely focused you are on the next task you have. And, you know, I've known you a long time. You may not be happy if you went 40-0 and one season because you had six or seven games that weren't up to par and you won. Do you think because of the pressure you put on yourself to be at your best every day, because that pressure is so much greater internally than the pressure of being the head coach at UCLA, it's allowed you to have the success you've had at the start of your tenure. It's interesting. Um, probably. It's probably what, you know, I know the people that I think of the guys who, you know, he can be a jerk or he seems aloof or whatever. And it's just, it's not that I'm dismissive of other people's opinions. Um, 
you know, or, or, or of what people think. It's just, you, you know how hard I am on myself um, yes. and what I expect and, it, it, you know, what I, how hard I believe and much I believe in, in hard work and preparation and we lose a game. I'm blaming myself way more than the, than fans may be, you know, so um, um, it, it, it renders me oblivious to the outside opinion. Um, and then the second piece I would say is, you know, having worked for Rick Pitino, being, being to where we're so close, he's almost like another older brother to me. It, he taught me many things, but, uh, you know, he, he, he taught me what Coach Wooden said. you got to ignore criticism, but you must also deflect praise mm-hmm. and just and be thankful you got a job. There's very few of these jobs, and you got a great one. And focus on doing your job, um, and don't do your job for for praise. Right. Don't do don't do your job for praise. That way, you don't worry about that stuff. You know, just focus on doing your job and being thankful, man. Because as you and I talk about, buddy, it's it's uh you know tomorrow's not promised. No doubt. And you got to try to enjoy this while you're doing it. And if you get caught up in what everybody thinks about you, uh, I can solve that for everybody out there real quick. Okay. It's fifty-fifty. As much as everybody thinks, we, you know, we all want to think. Oh, everybody likes us. I'm a good guy. I'm a good person. Everybody. Nope. I promise you. When you leave the room, it's fifty-fifty, and there, you know, not much you can do about it. Even if you do all your, so if you spend all your time worrying about that type of stuff, you're wasting your time. So we uh, just try to get, make sure you worry about what your players think, and give them give them everything you got every day, man. And, and smell the go home and smell the coffee. And, smile and be be thankful that's what i try to do is you, you you know because i had that you know the arterial dissection scare back seven or eight years ago so uh, you know i'm well aware that uh crazy stuff can happen any moment no doubt and the final thing mick you know the dream obviously you know wherever you're coaching is to be a force in the ncaa tournament i know that's why you took the head coaching job at ucla but you know, this isn't a movie. Like, things aren't just going to fall into place because you want them to happen. What are the biggest keys for this team to get back into the same situation that the team you had two years ago was in? I think you touched on it, buddy. I really think, you know, Tiger's going to have to play well. Um, you know, he's like, we're not going to be able to have, like, Arizona, Dave Singleton's 0 for 6. Tiger doesn't have a great game. Jaime doesn't have a great game. You're going home, you know. So uh, I'm a bit, you know. But my job is how do I? What I look at is how do I handle coaching my team every day and preparing the next three weeks so that Tiger does play well when the chips are down, you know? How, because it's that well, he didn't play well. Well, you know, I look at well, there, I, I'm culpable somehow. You know, I got to make sure he's ready to compete. Um, I got to make sure he, you know, his confidence is where it needs to be. We're putting in the time shooting the basketball. We're putting in the time at the gym, and his mind is and his body are in the right place. So, but uh, it just can't be Jaime Jaquez. You know that. So for us to, you know, for us to do that, all the other guys are going to have to help. Uh, and, and you know, there's no question Amari Bailey and Jalen Clark giving us consistent double figure games is going to be huge for us. I mean, if we can get that and and be hitting on all cylinders, I like our chances, but uh, you know, you're, you, March is tough, man. You got to get through one game 
at least, you know, where you got to catch the right break here or there. Uh, so then that's where, that's where your bench comes in. So we work really hard with those guys. The X factor back, you know, back to coach Patino, how to make tournament runs. He's made the most almost, um, percentage wise for his years coaching college. X factors are your bench and your conditioning. Hidden secrets. Your bench and your conditioning when you get to the tournament, how important they are. So those are things that we're going to try to make sure that we're 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 prepared for. Well, Mick, it's going to be a lot of fun to cover. We appreciate a couple minutes, and as always, look forward to staying connected along the way. You got it, buddy. Thanks for having me, John. I'd like to thank UCLA head coach Mick Cronin for joining the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein. I want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also, I want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also, a reminder to find and check out the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show. And please feel free to leave us comments. And also, check out College Hoops Today com for breaking news, podcast archive stories, and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe. And time now for our social media portion of the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Send me your questions on Twitter. I'm not John Rothstein. That's John J O N. Miami sports fan wants to know how far can Miami make it. Well, if Miami last year was good enough to make the Elite Eight, I think this team can get as far as that team, maybe farther. When you consider the fact that we have nothing but parity in this sport. In the last week, we have seen Alabama lose at Tennessee. We've seen Purdue lose at Maryland. Purdue also lost at Northwestern eight days ago. And you have to remember this, and I think this is most important. Houston, who was projected as a number one seed on Saturday in the mock reveal of the bracket, was taken to the wire by Memphis without Kendrick Davis, who was out for the Tigers due to an ankle injury. All things to keep in mind. Meanwhile, Yendog wants to know, does Purdue have guard play deep enough for a Final Four run? That's the million-dollar question in West Lafayette, and my answer to it is this. When you think about the backcourts in last year's Final Four, Jeremy Roach, Trevor Keels for Duke. For North Carolina, it was R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. For, obviously, Villanova, it was Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore in terms of the backcourt that got them to the Final Four. And for Kansas, it was Dewan Harris, Remy Martin, Ochag Baje, Christian Brown. The Purdue backcourt of Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer is not on that level. And that is why what we're seeing now the last couple of weeks is real concern that Purdue may not be able to handle pressure, that Purdue may not be in a situation where it's in a deal big enough in terms of its backcourt ceiling to get as far in the NCAA tournament as it dreams to go. And remember this. I think this is also something really important to remember. If Purdue does not make the Final Four, it's going to be deemed as a disappointment and a failure when you consider that Purdue has the National Player of the Year in Zach Eady, that Purdue, again, is in a landscape of college basketball where you have things so balanced and so wide open that you have the most dominant force that the seat that the sport has seen in quite some time. Anything less than a Final Four berth will be a disappointment for Purdue, who last year had Jaden Ivey on its roster and lost to St. Peter's in the Sweet 16 
Purdue also four years ago lost to Virginia in a heartbreaking way in the Elite Eight. And obviously in 2018, Purdue lost in the Sweet 16 to Texas Tech when Isaac Haas was lost for the year with an elbow injury. And here's the thing. The 2019 Elite Eight loss to Virginia was played at the KFC Yum Center. That is where Purdue will play its second-round NCAA tournament games if the Boilers remain the number one seed in the South region. Now, let's get to some nuggets. Five good nuggets. Five. Five. Six. No, five. But you were close. Nugget number one, a long road to glory. Arizona State, who is on the bubble, has these final three games of the regular season at Arizona, at UCLA, at USC. Get busy living or get busy dying. Meanwhile, nugget number two, Livingston's lift. Kentucky freshman Chris Livingston starting to emerge in two games last week, 12.5 points, 7.5 rebounds. Nugget number three, a February surge. Mark Adams is rattling Texas Tech. The Red Raiders have won three straight in five of their last seven. It's going to be real interesting to see how this team finishes and if it can play itself on the bubble going into the Big 12 Conference Tournament. Nugget number four, Gates of Hell, staying in the Big 12, talking about Oklahoma. Oklahoma is four and seven this season in games decided by five points or fewer. If they win two more games, they are without question in the NCAA Tournament picture. Nugget number five, clear separation. In the mock selection of the bracket Saturday on CBS, we saw five Big 12 teams among the top 16 seeds. If Mike Miles had been healthy for TCU, that would have been six of the top 16 seeds. As we tape this on Monday afternoon, Miles is coming off a 15-point performance when TCU beat Oklahoma State on Saturday. TCU playing Kansas Monday night in Fort Worth. And remember this, with Mike Miles in the lineup, TCU is 15-3 and this season. Without him, TCU is 3-6. and Now, let's get to some games to watch. Games to watch. Games to watch. A couple of big ones Tuesday. Baylor is at Kansas State. Tennessee travels to Texas A&M. And Marquette visits Creighton. Meanwhile, Wednesday, a big one in New England as Providence visits UConn. And then Thursday, UCLA on the road at Utah. I would like to thank UCLA head coach Mick Cronin for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. This was the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. 